And welcome to 19 Hits the Dragon, the tabletop RPG discussion and interview podcast. Uh, I'm your host, as always, Mike Daniel. And today I'm being joined by uh, Jordan. You might know them as uh, Hypnos, a solo game designer uh, extraordinaire. (laughs) Uh, Jordan, thanks for joining me today. Yeah, no problem. Glad to be here. Yeah, excellent. And um, I... I, um, I know I gave you kind of a bit of an introduction there, but I do want to let uh, you tell me and, and tell our listeners a little bit about uh, about yourself and, and who you are. Yeah, um, uh, like you said, I'm Jordan. I'm solo game designer. I've been only been in the community about 11 months. Uh, like I put in my calendar and everything, checked the date of my original <laughs> first publication to see when like the anniversary would show up. That's next month. Yeah, oh, wow. So. Okay, cool. Yeah, I just make uh, little solo games, just a lot of little RPGs, mostly about very specific ideas. Mm-hmm. Great. And uh, yeah, I had the chance to play through uh, one of your games and the Gunslinger followed. Uh, as I told you kind of before we were getting things kicked off today, I'm a big tower junkie. So really called to me to uh, to check out. Um, I had never actually played a solo game before, like a journaling solo game like that. So it was a really cool experience. Um, and I'm, I'm glad you got the chance to, uh, to join us today to kind of talk a little bit about, uh, you know, what goes into making a game like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So I, I'd like to, I guess, kind of start by, you said a lot of your games are solo games. So what can you tell me, tell our listeners, like, what is a solo game? What does that mean exactly? So a solo tabletop RPG has a lot of different subcategories, like most, you know, tabletop RPGs got a lot of different subcategories under it. Um, the most common one that you're probably going to see is journaling, which mm-hmm. is random prompt events come up and you're writing from the point of view of a character experiencing those events. Um, with both of my games, I've tried to make it like literal journaling with the dark mm-hmm. tower. It kind of made sense of like this lone wanderer going through this wasteland. He's journal. He's literally journaling his experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, Another popular one that you've probably heard of is Thousand Year Old Vampire. It's <laughs> yeah, exactly. What I it actually, like. yeah, uh, I I got a copy for for Hannah, my my spouse, and the show's uh, editor. Uh, then, mm-hmm. so, um, but yeah, sorry, go ahead. Uh, yeah, that's the most popular, you, or mm-hmm. not necessarily the most popular, but the one you've probably heard of is journaling games. But mm-hmm. uh, another big one is there are solo dungeon crawlers. Uh, mm. Big one, Iron Sworn. I'm sure you've. Heard that yeah, I'm, fr- I'm familiar with the name. Yeah, yeah, I haven't uh, haven't played through it yet, but yeah. I have not played through it yet. Um, I've been meaning to. It's been on my like list for a while, but yeah, it's it's big. It's beefy. Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, yeah, and I, I mean, what I really enjoyed about the play through uh, and the Gunslinger followed, as you said, kind of it, it felt like I was, you know, I was writing the journal for this character that I was playing, and it, mm-hmm. it it had that feel of like this is the event that just occurred, and now I'm just sort of expressing my my own take on that and my opinion and and my you know fears and anxieties that for what lies ahead and stuff like that. So. Um, it was a really, really fun and unique experience, certainly. Um, so I, I'd like to kind of dive into a little bit about, you know, how you go about creating something like that. So 
you mentioned that you know your your games so far kind of have a specific idea was that sort of the the starting place for you or or where do you usually begin when it comes to you know crafting um, a solo game um so with that one that was one of my like that's some of the first real project i would say i've i've done before then mm-hmm. they were all you know had didn't have art and they were all weird little small things that was the first one i really sat down and like i made a thing out of it and that really came from uh one day i sat down and i was just like i have heard about solo games and i didn't really know a lot about them i'm just gonna like i'm just gonna write what i think they're like and i wrote Mm -hmm. down notes that took up maybe a page and then it sat in my drafts for like three months (laughs) okay and then um what happened was Catling Gun, you know, Cat on Twitter was hosting the Solo But Not Alone bundle, which is oh, all uh-huh. mm-hmm. solo tabletop yeah. RPGs. I was like, oh, that's really cool. I would love to put something in, but I don't have anything made. Mm-hmm. And there was like less than a month left in the timeline. So I just kind of like me and my partner, we just kind of sat down in front of the computer and just kind of wrote. I was pulling from originally it started off, I think, purely Western but over time, my my love of Dark Tower, my love of supernatural westerns just kind mm-hmm. of bled in there. As the Dark Tower is one to do, for sure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. So so it, it it sounds like it initially came from a like, that pull to, you know, create the thing uh, for this, um, um, the bundle, the solo mm-hmm. but not alone bundle. Um, and the the uh idea was kind of prompted by that that need or they kind of folded in together it sounds like absolutely yeah so um what were as you sat down to kind of craft this maybe what were some some steps that you took initially um you know when it got to be more than just a page worth of writing and you knew you were going to actually make a project um what were some some places that you went some steps that you took, I, I guess, to uh, to start turning your idea into like a game. Um, well, I knew I wanted it to be replayable, like first and foremost. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to do uh, my original idea for the prompt table was like way bigger. It was, uh, I believe, it was originally supposed to use playing cards, and it was supposed to have like a unique event for every unique card in the deck. Oh wow! Okay, a lot. And yeah. I, or, and like trying to come up with events for that for so long and it was like ah this is too much <laughs> way too much going on here yeah um and originally the game was even less mechanically mechanical than it is now mm-hmm. uh, and it was actually my partner's um idea to to have different playable characters because pulling from dark tower i was like the idea was just a gunslinger wondering right you want to be roland or yeah you want to be that was that was my thought process like oh if i'm doing this i want to be roland of course (laughs) i want to be the gunslinger right um but my partner is somebody who's never had never played solo games and was really pushing for maybe a gm list or like a co-op way to play it and so there are really rudimentary rules in there for that Mm -hmm. um and i was like all right the gunslinger and like allies there's like archetypes you can play mm-hmm. in co-op and again my partner was like that doesn't really make sense what if somebody playing alone wants to play one of these characters mm-hmm. I was, uh, there was some pushback honestly originally and eventually i was like all right fine you know what that makes sense like mm-hmm. fine i could do that 
uh, I think honestly that was the right decision. Um, it ended up being a lot more replayable, and mm-hmm. these archetypes were vague enough that you could kind of make your own character in them, but mm-hmm. specific enough that you kind of knew the point of view they had right off the bat. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think the the archetypes were all very much um, they were all very distinct. Uh, which was great and and kind of came with their own sort of flavor. Like you had the the gunslinger, obviously, but then the preacher and the witch and some other sort of like iconic, um, like you said, like archetypes that really they're they're sort of visceral just in name alone, right? Like you say, gunslinger that brings some ideas. Saying the preacher that that evokes some feelings about what that character is going to represent, and it, it seems like you then. Um, you know, made some, a nice kind of mechanic that fit, you know, uniquely into each of them as well. You get a plus one with this extra thing that is kind of related to your title, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which is, which is great. Um, yeah, I guess, uh, can you tell me um, a little bit, like, tell me kind of what, what, where you went from there? You, you narrowed down the prompts list. Um, what, what are, Let's actually talk a little bit about these uh, these prompts here. Um, uh, I know what that is because I just played through the game. But can you tell me and tell our listeners for those who haven't played it just yet, like what that means, what the prompts list is and kind of how it uh, interacts with uh, the game? Yeah. So the prompts list is basically just a giant table of random events that can happen as you are traveling across this this wasteland, this desert. Um there are a set number of encounters that you have before you catch up to the the villain is called the cowboy mm. because I wanted to at least have a little distinction from Dark Tower. Like if mm-hmm. somebody didn't know Dark Tower, I still wanted them to get the idea of the villain. Um, so the prompts list is essentially just like for anyone who's played like D&D or anything, it's a it's a random encounter table mm-hmm. rather than just the random encounters being, oh, 2d6 wolves show up while you're camping um it's more of it's a good mix of like i i believe one in there actually was wolves but like it's mm-hmm. a good mix of oh this thing threatens your life or just a character comes up to you says this thing uh offers you something gets in your way is trying to stop you mm-hmm. um and i just tried to think of as many like different ideas as possible just so these different characters can have their own avenues for solving problems because every one of them was like oh the cowboy sends minions and they come and fight you mm-hmm. like we know how the gunslinger is going to react to that mm-hmm. every time we know how right. the preachers the preacher's not going to be violent towards that the gunslinger will be mm-hmm. yeah so it, it seems like you uh put together a list of like like kind of story props uh, events that can take place within this story as you're telling it and it's going to be likely you're going to you know get different events every time you play it right like mm-hmm. you said you wanted this to be something that is very replayable um i do like how the those events tend to be more story uh focused more narrative focused right mm-hmm. there's chances for a lot of opportunity for you as the player to um determine how your character would react um as i was sitting playing through it this morning i had several times where i stopped and was like okay how would I respond to this thing? Like, this is kind of a generic prompt. A, a kid comes up to you and 
wants to show you how to use your weapon. Like, mm-hmm. why, what, what would a gunslinger do to that? Well, he would probably, you know, shove the kid off. Or is this someone that I think is like an agent of the cowboy? Would I try and like kill the kid before I think he's going to kill me? Like, is that something I'm willing to do? Mm-hmm. To kind of making all of these these judgments uh, to determine how I want the story to go, which I thought was, was really cool. I really uh, appreciated how it was narrative focused, not combat focused. Mm -hmm. Um, Can you uh, tell me a little bit more about maybe some choices that where went into that and, and um, how you went about like trying to build like narrative focused uh, encounters for lack of a better word. Yeah. uh, I think if you're trying to build like a narrative focused encounter in something like that, the easiest way is to just start with a genre staple. A lot of them were Western mm. staples. That's where a lot of the archetypes came from. A lot of the and a lot of the prompts. Um, uh, I know that like it, it's just something you you get into the mind of that kind of character mm-hmm. and just think about oh the genre is a Western. In the day-to-day life of a dude traveling this like magical post-apocalyptic desert wasteland, what would he come across? Because it wouldn't just be, oh, his four events where I shot four people, and mm-hmm. that's it, and then it ended. He would not everyone's going to be violent towards him, especially someone you know like a gunslinger. And so I really tried to rely on genre staples, especially since the events were supposed to be happening in towns. But I tried to make it like characters from westerns uh the little kid obsessed with like a cowboy or uh you know like a lawman that kind of thing was the inspiration Mm -hmm. for that one he wants to show you he wants you to show him like oh how to use the gun because that's just like a thing in westerns kids obsessed with the like the cowboy right um and a lot of them just spun off from thinking about taking sometimes if i really couldn't think of something i would just take a specific character and be like what's a good narrative for just this character Hmm. um you get like somebody trying to sell magical items because i was thinking of like what's a good event specifically for the witch Hmm. Mm -hmm. and so like the witch is discerning i wrote even wrote in there like the witch is discerning i lets her tell like oh that thing's fake and like, mm-hmm. oh, these items are real and these items she's trying to sell to you are fake. Um, but other characters don't get to know that information. Nice. Yeah. So um, taking some ideas about from the, the characters, things that they individually would be able to do well, but obviously the others you know, wouldn't have such a great interaction with. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that was really fascinating to me, I, I came across the guy with uh, with the book that whispers secrets to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I got, as I was going through it, I was like, man, this would be really wild if the preacher was the one that ended up with this. Cause you know, preacher would have like the holy book and then the unholy book mm-hmm. as well. That would, yeah, kind exactly. of that dichotomy um, was uh yeah, it was a really, really neat idea. I think I might definitely give this another run uh, at another time with a, a preacher character just to kind of see what happens with him. Um, can you tell me a little bit about your your second game, the one that's more more recent of a release for you? It's uh, uh, Solo Samurai. Single like Samurai. Yeah. Single Samurai. Uh, you know yep. I was going to mess that up. Named after the uh, Akira Kurosawa film uh, mm-hmm. Seven Samurai. 
uh base it's basically the plot of that also mm. like you are a samurai who is wandering and this town is about to be attacked by bandits in three weeks mm-hmm. bandits are waiting for the harvest it's the basic plot of the movie and your character has decided yeah i'm gonna help um that one is a lot smaller than in the gunslinger followed it tells a much smaller story and there's a lot less room for replayability mm. Because it and it's built off Sacred Forge, actually, another solo uh, journaling game. Okay. Um, and basically, you have these like stat numbers you're trying to balance. It's a bit more mechanic focused than in the Gunslinger Fall. Okay. You have stat numbers you're trying to balance that are training, uh, battle, uh, spirits, and uh, materials. I believe was the last one. Okay. And you're trying to get at least one point in each of them before those three weeks or yeah, before those three or four weeks pass and the bandits attack. Mm-hmm. And there's different events that happen at the end, depending on how many points you got in each one. And yeah, I was just, I, it came because I had the thought of like, man, seven samurai would make a cool RPG. Mm-hmm. That's it's a great story. I was I, discussing this with uh, with my spouse earlier. It's like, you know, Kurosawa crafted a magnificent story, something that's definitely stood the test of time. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of the Dark Tower, I mean, the uh, Wolves of Kala is basically the Severed Samurai yeah. uh, story, you know, so. Um, but yeah, so it, it seems like it's um, more mechanically focused here, as you said, as far as the gameplay. So how did you go about making sure that with those mechanics playing a little bit more of a uh, of an important role in the gameplay that it was still um, narratively focused experience. Um, so for each week I assigned like what your character would do in that situation and then each stat it, it's a bit of a weird dice system it comes from Sacred Forge which is a game about making uh, you're playing the blacksmith of a magic sword um okay. And you're trying to balance like elements in the blade. Uh, for this, for this game, you roll a number of d10 based on like a stat you spend, and then you try to match numbers, and those numbers correspond to one of your stats. And so it's up to dice rolls how your character reacts, kind of in that situation, how he chooses to handle it. But then you journal from the point of view. It's kind of a jumping off point. Um. It was a bit of a challenge trying to get every one of those stats to make sense for each week. Mm-hmm. Like gathering materials, I don't. Uh, it took me a long time to figure out what he would do for battle. Like mm. if you're trying to gather weapons, and I settled on like basically guerrilla tactics against bandits. Okay, yeah, I mean they're a bunch of farmers, right? They'll have shovels and pickaxes not pickaxes but like hatchets and stuff Mm -hmm. like that like small little thing tools that can be used as weapons yeah um and basically the game spun out from there each week i just tried to assign like uh every one of the stats a good prompt that could work that i think worked well as a jumping off point for a bunch of different like styles of writing i tried Mm -hmm. to make them open enough that you could really write what happened but were still like specific enough that it was a good jumping off point. You had a like a good beginning right off the bat. Hmm. Excellent. So instead of the 
like with the gunslinger followed it's you know uh, failure success at a cost total success or failure it seems like it is, there's a lot of room for um kind of the variance within that you know in the gunslinger followed you journal what happened what you were trying to do and how it played out this is you roll the dice that tells you kind of what happened but then you journal from your point of view of your character going through this and and how that happened is that yeah that's that's a good explanation okay yeah and the gunslinger followed had a set like oh you rolled this number that is a failure whatever you're doing failed Mm -hmm. right oh you rolled that number it's a success Mm-hmm. Um, and single samurai had a lot more of you determine how well it worked based on like, you know, how many of the same number you rolled or just what you think would make sense narratively. Okay. So it's, it's dice rolling, but also some kind of decision making based on how the dice fall for you. Yeah, exactly. Excellent. Well, very cool. Um, so I guess, you know, if someone uh, came to you, uh, Jordan, and they were like, hey, I, I want to make a solo game, um, what would your like f- first bit of advice be for, for them? I would say for how I've been doing it is first things first is you've got to hammer out that setting. Like even if mm. it's a really small game, you have to know the kind of story you want this game to tell um, because with group games, the group together decide like what kind of story is being told mm-hmm. by the GM building a world and the players operating in that world. And that kind of picks like the genre between the two. With a solo game, if if you tried to make like a generic solo game, you know, like Fate, but mm-hmm. solo, I feel like that wouldn't work as well because now it's you've put everything on the person, especially if like it's a journaling game. Dungeon crawler could make a little more sense, but a journaling game, they've sat down and you're like, all right, here's how the game works. Make everything. <laughs> right. So yeah, definitely my first piece of advice would hammer out that setting. Great. So give them a, give them a setting, give me, give them a, a, a starting place uh, for, for journaling. You don't want all of the um, onus to be on the player. Uh, I think at that point they could just go and start writing a novel, right? Like exactly, <laughs> they don't need a they don't need need the game to uh, to do that if they're making all of the other choices, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, as far as um, like character creation for for solo games, any um, any advice for a designer, um, you know, trying to come up with some some unique options? Um, I'm always the like proponent of. If your game doesn't have unique classes, it probably shouldn't be a class-based game. Mm -hmm. Um, If your classes don't tell me something about the world, don't do classes. Like, I think... What is the game I'm thinking of? It's either Spire or Heart. Um, It's a game where, like, each class had all these super specific powers... And like the end game powers killed your character. Oh, wow. All of them killed them. <laughs> they all had these insane, unique ways that would like yeah. completely change the setting. Uh-huh. Like one of them, he gets hit by a train no matter where he is. <laughs> that's okay. that's his end game ability. Yeah. But the train is an unstoppable force. Anything it hits just dies. Mm. And so it gives this awesome like in worlds, even if it's 
completely ridiculous. It gives mm-hmm. this awesome, like, in-world ability that, like, only this group of people have. Hmm. Um, and I think, not to, like, not to shit on D&D too much, but, like, D&D, D&D gets passed because it's been around forever. It's, mm-hmm. like, the original class-based game. Right. But D&D's classes are very vague, and in-universe, everything's kind of muddled together. Like, mm. Mm-hmm. At a glance, a person in universe couldn't tell between like a fighter or a rogue, or a rain, maybe a ranger and a druid, a wizard and a sorcerer. There's kind of like mm-hmm. a muddled, right. blurry line. Mm-hmm. I've always been, yeah. If your classes have gotta be, I like to do organizations. I feel like that's the easiest way. You build this organization that has some skill they're really good at, or knowledge only they hold, and so like they have this thing. Mm-hmm. and they're the only ones that have that thing so not only being unique but like as you said really telling you something about this world that you're creating mm-hmm. um, a case in point the uh the gunslinger is a very iconic uh figure or archetype right and i think just having that archetype tells you a little bit about the the setting that you're going to be in right you think mm-hmm gunslinger you think okay there's some sort of western aspect to this setting that we're going into uh playing as the single samurai like i'm a samurai i i i know that that evokes certain things in the world around me as well mm-hmm. excellent um yeah and then I, I guess uh you know advice for creating um something from there right what would you um what would you say is maybe a key component to starting to uh craft your own maybe malleable story or story options that players can uh can take and weave into their own stories um i think it's important pretty early on to decide just generally how mechanical focused house uh, or how much or how little you want the mechanics to play into the game themselves. Mm, mm -hmm. Uh, You don't have to stick to it a hundred percent, but trying to making a journaling game and then halfway through deciding, no, actually this is going to be a complex dungeon crawler. Mm. It just like completely butchers the whole it. it, You're trying too hard to like stay on both sides of the road there. Um, and the gunslinger followed changed mechanically very little because there's very little mechanics going on. I really committed early on to, I want this game to be a narrative. I want it to be writing from a character's point of view. Essentially, mm-hmm. the game tells you, "Hey, you're this character, and this thing happens to them. How do they react?" Excellent. And what were some of the thought process behind um, the the other side of things with uh, single samurai? You said, you know, it's more uh, mechanics heavy. Um, tell me a little bit about the choices that, that went into that or that came up from that. Yeah, I felt I had to be a little more mechanic heavy with single samurai because, um, the single samurai tells a much smaller story that without the writing from this, like specific characters point of view, you're not playing different archetypes. Mm-hmm. You're not, um, playing these unique, all these different unique characters that have their own reactions to situations more often than not you're playing a samurai or i think there's a there's a, an origin table in the beginning mm-hmm. of it that has like samurai or bandit defector but still it's like 
um, you're you're telling the same story over and over again. So the game has to be more mechanically focused to hold interest. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of uh, really great advice that we've come across or come through already. Any uh, anything that you feel that would be you know super important to convey to someone who wants to create their own uh, solo play game that we haven't uh, haven't discussed yet. <clears throat> I would um I would say you really got to stick to a narrative or a mechanic. Like we've been saying we've been saying this game's narrative focused or this game's mechanic focused. Those are terms mm -hmm. thrown around a lot. Um the the important thing is to really hammer that out pretty early is decide, is this game focused on the narrative and does it care less about how everything works in the mechanics or do, are the mechanics the more important part and like the world kind of bends around the mechanics? Because one always ends up bending around the other. Mm -hmm. If the narrative is the focus, then if a player wants to do a cool thing, yeah, if it fits the narrative, you let them do it and it doesn't like mechanics be damned. Mm -hmm. But if your game is like, if you're making a war game, and somebody's like, "Oh, I wanna, I wanna uh, jump on the dragon's back, and I wanna do like a, like stab my blade, and I wanna like slide around." And that's <laughs> like, eh, not, maybe not so much. Yeah, great. So I mean, it sounds like um, you know, really focus in, like you said, on deciding early on how uh, mechanics heavy you want the the system or the game to be, mm -hmm. um, and if you want players to have more. Uh, maybe more freedom in their actions that they take and how they react to certain things, you know, maybe scale back on the mechanics. Whereas if you're playing something that is going to be more uh, in intense um, and s specific to maybe the setting or something, you want to kind of ramp those mechanics up a little bit and have the narrative maybe take a you know, passenger seat. Mm hmm. I'll, uh, I, I do want to give you a chance to let our listeners know a little bit of, uh, about, you know, how to find out about your, your games and how to, uh, to, you know, interact with you out in, in social media as well. So I'm going to shut up for a second, but yeah, how can, how can people find your, your games and, and, uh, get in touch with you? Um, so I'm on itch under the name hypnos. Um, it's got a little like demon guy profile picture. Although I think my URL is actually like slash mechanicos and not hypnos. Um, and I've got a really weird Twitter handle. It's like mechanico McLeod, but McLeod's like a Scottish spelling. So it's like M-C-L-E-O-D. Um, yeah, I'm mostly on Twitter. That's probably the best place to get in contact with me or anything like that. Uh, I'm on Twitter a lot probably too much um and my games are hosted only on itch i've messed around with drive through but i haven't really found the appeal for that cool and uh yeah we'll definitely put links in the uh the show notes so that uh people can can find you um, you know, strange spellings are, are not with your, your Twitter handles. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, again, thanks for, for coming on today. Thanks for chatting. It was really great to uh, uh, chat about your, your games and a little bit about the Dark Tower as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs>
yeah, we always love to uh, to talk with another tower jockey for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, again, thanks for for coming on. And uh, listeners, definitely, you know, uh, check out uh, Jordan's games; they're a lot of fun, um, especially the one we've talked most about today, and the Gunslinger followed. Um, but uh, yeah, give them a shout out on on Twitter if you play their games uh, and what or you know have found anything uh, useful from our chat today about designing solo games. You can leave comments, uh, you know, ratings and reviews uh, wherever you can, wherever you get your podcast helps us out, helps the show grow and uh, let, lets me know if you enjoy the, the content that we're putting out there. Um, but you can also you can reach me on Twitter at 19 hits the dragon. Uh, if sending an email is your thing, you can uh, send me an email over on uh, 19 hits the dragon at gmail.com. Um, but the best thing you can do to help the show out is, of course, to go out and tell 19 of your closest friends. Um, thanks so much again to uh, to Jordan, and thanks to you, our listeners, for joining us today. Everybody, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and uh, we'll see you all next time when 19 hits the dragon. Bye-bye. <laughs>